You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. So I guess all Aaron Judge needed was for us to stop interrupting our show for every single at bat. That was it. That was all we needed to do because we took a night off. And while I was watching Welcome to Wrexham, like nine straight episodes and not paying attention, Aaron Judge hits number 61 and it slipped through the outstretched arms of one Frankie Lasagna. Mm. As someone on Twitter said, I guess his hands didn't meet bowl. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, There's yeah. more where that came from. Yeah. There's more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Spain and Fitz. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, <laughs> ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I was up sending Italian puns back and forth on the interwebs in response to Frankie Lasagna's near brush with history. We'll get to your near brushes with history and update you on everything you need to know for Thursday Night Football and a weekend slate of games because this is our last show of the week. We're off tomorrow. But let's start with Judge Fitz because we were checking in for all those walks. It was a walk center on ESPN Radio. And as soon as we pop out, he goes and does it. 61st home run of the season, tying Roger Maris's mark. I think we've had enough combos by now about who has the real record and et cetera and so on. I really just want to ask you about Frankie Lasagna. Yeah, I think Frankie Lasagna, you got to be sitting here for the, how many how many days, weeks, months, years did it take you to get over knowing that a, you know, according to some, $2 million baseball slipped out mm. of your outreach hand? And why do you not dive down? Like at that point, mm-hmm. you know, Fall safety be damned. Safety mm-hmm. be damned. I mean, you're just at, and uh, the, it was caught by one of the bullpen coaches for the, 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 for the Toronto, right? And so I'm looking at them and saying like, I don't know. Am I giving that back? Like I know that's what I'm supposed to do, but yeah. two million bucks? Like, nope, I'm 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 selling that thing right then. It's hard to hide. Everyone was watching. Yeah. Uh, as Jeff Passan said, he should have caught a ball. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. and Mina said it was a balloon opportunity. Wow. Uh, yep. Uh, I said we don't need any Parmesan to tweet about it, and I'm not afraid of people telling me to stop. Uh, so wow. yeah. Would have made him a pretty penny. That's so. So I'm just going to say pasta here so I can contribute. Pizza history. Wow. Wow. Pizza history. Yeah. 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 Pizza history. All right. I'm done. All right. I'm done. I do want to ask, though, because Frankie Lasagna, I don't blame him. When when I first heard that a guy had just missed it and you brought your glove and how do you miss it, I'm expecting that it was a full on biff. It wasn't a biff. He was as outstretched as possible. It was not really a catchable ball. The only problem is he definitely should have dived over the railing and left his fate to the mercy of the bullpen ground and gotten the ball. But other than that, I'm okay with Frankie Lasagna. I want to know if you, Fitz, have ever had a brush with history, if any of our listeners have ever had a near brush with history that just didn't happen of any kind. We'll uh, we'll put that up on social, at Spain and Fitz, at Sarah Spain, at Jason Fitz is where you can hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Start marinating over that. Wow. Wow. Uh, I, stuffed shells? I'm just saying things at this point. I'm just trying to get no, in on it. No, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. Okay. I mean, yeah. noodle it over a little, see uh, okay. if you can think of a good one. Wow, wow. One, uh, you know, or so. Uh, all right, let's move on. Thursday Night Football. <laughs> Dolphins at the Bengals, 8.20 Eastern start tonight. We're going to get our reporters on to talk about both sides of this matchup, but I am fascinated by... This early part of the season fits where we're starting to revise our preseason expectations and also making sure we're not caught up in the prisoner of the moment type takes that can happen just a couple weeks. And we don't really know if something's a good win yet um, or if a team is going to stay hot. We do know that the Dolphins are 3-0 and and 
not everyone's that hot on them despite that record, including the books, because they're they're not a favorite tonight against a one and two Bengals team. Bengals are at home. I get that it's a short week, but uh, Bengals are getting the nod here coming into this game. Yeah, and it feels like on, on the one end you could say, well, disrespect. I never know where the line is on what we expected of a team coming in versus what we've seen on a team so far. So the Bengals had really high expectations coming in, but then all of a sudden what we've seen so far has been that the offensive line woes maybe aren't fixed and everything's been a little out of sync, and yeah, they get the win against the Jets, but what's that mean? I mean, I think all of that sort of speaks to what we've seen so far. But the other side of it would be the discussion about Tua, right? Because Tua Tungvaloa came in with a lot of expectations of, like, I want to see what he can do. I want to see what he will accomplish. And we, because of that, analyzed every single thing he's done all the way down to its core, which takes me to Rob Ninkovich this morning, uh, had this to say about Tua on Get Up. Listen, if you took another quarterback, you put Lamar on the Miami. What are they? They're oh, like, I get that. They're, they're going to the Super Bowl. So, But everyone doesn't have to be Lamar Jackson to be very good, right? right. I mean, no one is sitting here saying so you have to be the greatest quarterback of all manage, time. You have to manage the game. He's managing the football games. He's doing what they're asking him to do. But also, he's got an, the best receiver in the NFL. When you have that and you have the ability to stand back there and throw to guys that are like that, <laughs> wide open, there's no one around him. So I need to see a little bit more – down this in the season when things get a little rough, he's going through a back injury. He's going to get banged up right now. I want to see him in week eight. I I, I respected the wait and see approach, especially uh, this early in the season. But I'm kind of curious, Fitz. I've been listening to a lot of NFL analysis over the last couple of weeks, and we don't seem to have any issue giving Jalen Hurts MVP-type favorite honors, talking about how he's figured everything out, talking about how the Eagles have given him all the weapons he needs, but not blaming his excellence on the roster around him. And with Tua, it feels like we're not willing to give him the credit. We're just saying any old QB who's pretty good could look good with these weapons. I mean, if the argument is Lamar Jackson can win games on that team, then what team can't he win games right. on? Like, I, <laughs> right, 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 I don't really right. – it's like, oh, the Eagles might be better if Josh Allen was their quarterback. Probably, <laughs> you know, like Patrick Mahomes would win games with the Dolphins too. I'm not going to question that, but yeah. I, I think you're a 1,000% right. Like, we look at this uh, absolute – incredible ascension of Jalen Hurts over here and say, well, look at what he's doing. They put everything around him, and now he's playing at a high level. And then we look at two and say, well, it's not that impressive because they put everything around him. I don't think you can have both uh, sides of this argument at the same time. To me, Two has done basically everything you could ask him to do, and that means he's a very good quarterback. The problem is we see very good, and we suddenly pass right over that, and we suddenly have to take very good to future Hall of Famer. Like I think mm -hmm. if all of us would just take a big, deep breath and let a quarterback go from okay to pretty good, from pretty good to really good, from really good to – elite and let them live at elite for a few years before they get to Hall of Fame, we would, we'd would we have less debate shows. But, boy, we'd have a better take on the quarterback most of the time. Yeah, and I think they actually, uh, you know, I think they will always be connected because of their collegiate careers. They will always be tied in the sense of, you know, maybe not living quite up to expectations right away in the NFL. But I'm surprised, I guess, by Tua being one that, uh, folks are so hesitant about still, whereas it feels like Jalen has stepped right up and there isn't a doubt about the competition, uh, the season, you know, getting further in and, and, and your takes changing on him. I'm just I'm just curious what it is about the Dolphins and Tua that has so many people 
hedging their bets. Yeah, I I think it's one of those things where everybody wanted to decide so quickly, like we do so often. Like it took a minute for Josh Allen to change people's mm-hmm. minds once they decided. Like it just feels like sometimes we're all slow to say that we're we're wrong about something. You know, Agreed. and so very much. That, and so a lot of people wanted to root for Jalen Hurts in a way that was an underdog story versus Tua being a sure thing home run. Tua Masu. Uh, no, no, I'm still not doing no. this. Well, no, that's terrible. It's too, uh, uh, again, that's a good place to stop. <laughs> Be a part of Spain and Fitz Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Tweet us at Sarah Spain, J- at Jason Fitz, at Spain and Fitz. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. We got Dolphins Bengals, 820 Eastern on Amazon. Uh, we'll get into it later. What do you need to see from the Dolphins to believe they're 3-0? What do you need to see from the Bengals to believe that they turn things around and it wasn't just the J-E-T-S suck, suck, sucks that made them look good last week? We'll get you ready for the rest of some good games on the NFL slate coming up next on Spain and Holy Fitz. cannoli! Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Spain and Fitz is off tomorrow night, which means we got to look ahead to a weekend chock full of good NFL games tonight. We're going to do our ESPN Radio Pick'em Closer to the end of the show, but there's a couple games I've got my eye on, Fitz. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's get to the first one, a game I never would have imagined would be one of the top matchups of the weekend when the season started. (laughs) Jaguars at Eagles. Yeah, that's right. The Jaguars. Now, you might have said, hey, this is interesting either way. It's, uh, you know, Peterson returning. There's a statue of him and Nick Foles at the stadium. That's that's a good storyline. But this is actually going to be a good game, Fitz. This is a Eagles by seven is the line that I'm seeing. Um, I, I To me, the most, the most, actually six and a half, I should say. Right now, it's Eagles six and a half with an over-under of 45 and a half. Um, there are some really, really solid play coming into this individually. And of course, that's making for two teams that are performing well. But Trevor Lawrence, AFC Offensive Player of the Week, uh, the last two games against the Colts and Chargers, 487 yards and five touchdowns with no turnovers and no sacks. Like, we asked for him to step up and show us we could be at the professional level, and he's doing it. Yeah, 100%. And that defense did it against the Chargers last week, too. I mean, the Jaguars – and I know that the Chargers have injuries, and Herbert may not have been the fullest version of himself, the best version of himself. Uh, But the Jags defense came out to play, and they have throughout the course of this. Now you have a Jags team that's 2-1 and taking on an Eagles team that's really explosive offensively. We all know that, right? So the question becomes at this point, can they slow down all of those weapons? That is difficult to do. But if you're Jacksonville, you feel really prepared going into this matchup. I'm not going to buy walking in today that the Eagles on paper are that much better than the Chargers were and the Jags were ready for that matchup. So, I, you know, I don't know what to make of Jacksonville right now, but I know that six and a half is a big line for a team against a team like Jacksonville that is playing better this so, so far this season than anyone expected. Fitz, this game has both offenses and defenses in the top seven in the league. Eagles offense is number one. Their defense is five. Jags are at six overall for offense and seventh for defense. These are two really good teams. And you look at the weapons that Jalen Hurts is finding a a way to to bring the best out of. Obviously, Devontae Smith looks so much better now that he's got uh, Jalen Hurts and this system around him. A.J. Brown is helping make Devontae Smith better. 
Um, Dallas Goddard has been crushing it. 11 catches for 168 yards and a touchdown. Like when you're looking at the ways that he can spread the ball around to all these different weapons, that's going to be a real challenge for the Jags defense. Um, and they're going to have to also try to find a way to disrupt Hertz without giving up too much to him with his legs. He's been fantastic. Second in rushing yards by a quarterback, first in rushing TDs by a quarterback. Yeah. And when you mentioned the, the defense for the Jags, I, great point on their total defensive Ranking, but they rank 21st as a passing defense, mm-hmm. and they only rank 12th in sacks. So they're not getting necessarily the level of pressure they want or the stops that they want defensively. So it feels like, in that sense, this is a really bad matchup because the strength of the Eagles is built to beat a weakness for the Jags on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, also worth knowing, I think I mentioned this, and I don't have this stat off the top of my head, but Trevor Lawrence has been like hit three times in two weeks or something. Not sacked, touched hit so uh this this jaguars line has been giving him fantastic protection but they've got a philadelphia defensive line that sacked carson wentz nine times last week and is second so far with 12 sacks and 27 quarterback hits so it's going to be much more of a challenge for trevor lawrence to stay upright and for that offensive line to protect him all right that's one of our biggest games of the week and we won't tell you who we're picking yet that's coming later let's get to the next one Bills and Ravens. Man, no rest for the Bills or the Dolphins after that tremendously tiring and dramatic matchup last week. They both have big, uh, big battles this week. And with the Ravens, you got another two and one team. Bills are minus three here. Um, this is this is a matchup for me that's going to come down so much to us talking about which quarterback is better while completely ignoring the unit that they're up against. Because, (laughs) you know, you know that Lamar Jackson is incredible, but he's going to take on the top defense in the league, and Josh Allen is going to be facing a 32nd-ranked group in that defense for the Ravens. So it's going to be a very different scenario for these two guys. Yeah, and that's the most under-talked-about part, Sarah, of what we've seen from Baltimore so far. In their games, two of their games so far have been flat-out shootouts, and and we did not expect that from the Ravens, right? So this has been one of those situations where you're telling me that the Ravens are 2-1 and one overall, but it hasn't been easy, and they've done it with the number one scoring offense, the number four total offense, because they've had to. Their defense has been an actual liability on the field. So uh, one tricky issue here for me, though, with Buffalo is that this is the third uh, road game for the Bills in the first four games. Like when you think about the amount of travel, they opened at LA, then they had Tennessee at home, then they have to go to Miami. Now they have to go to Baltimore. Like I just, another road game is a little concerning for me for the Bills, but at the same time, the Bills want to come out and make a statement after the way they played against Miami. They have the opportunity to do that, especially defensively taking on this Baltimore team. Yeah, you mentioned that Bills, uh, sorry, that Ravens defense, 32nd against the pass, which Josh Allen is absolutely salivating over and looking to make his numbers even bigger. Meanwhile, it's going to be interesting to see if Lamar can do what he's done against all the other teams against a Bills defense that's so strong because they're going to need that in order to win. He's got at least 100 yards rushing and at least three touchdowns in back-to-back games passing. He's the first guy ever to do that, but the Bills have not allowed... 80 yards rushing this season have not allowed over 250 yards total to anybody. Mm. So if they win this game, it's going to have to be Lamar Jackson and company upending what the Bills have been doing all season long because I don't think they win a shootout, that's for sure, not with their defense. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. This this game, is we are going to be wildly overreacting to whoever wins this game uh-huh. as the favorite. That's what's going to happen here. 
All right, Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. We're going over the three biggest matchups for the weekend ahead in the NFL. Uh, let's get to the last one. Chiefs and Buccaneers. And this Bucks team is still something we're a little bit unsure about. They have won six of the last seven meetings with the Chiefs, though, which is a pretty crazy statistic. Uh, the Bucks offense has looked real ugly. A Tom Brady offense being 27th in the league is shocking to me, but that defense has kept them in it. Mike Evans will be back, and we don't yet know. Bucks are probably going to wait till the last minute to let us know about Godwin and Jones in terms of some of those weapons coming back for Brady, but that's going to be necessary. Yeah, I keep thinking about this Tampa Bay team, and it feels almost a little bit like the year that that Peyton won a Super Bowl despite Peyton. And right. I'm not saying that they're winning despite Brady. It's not that simple, but very similar in the sense that their defense is going to be literally everything for them, and that's what's going to keep them hanging on at this point. So uh, I, I'm really interested to see if there's an adjustment from Kansas City because they got manned up and beat last week against Indianapolis. So do they come out and change anything, or do they just come out and say, no, we're, we are who we are, and we're going to take you down? Well, we also saw some sloppy play, especially on special teams. And with Butker out, again, they signed former Jacksonville kicker Matthew Wright as insurance <laughs> for Sunday after letting go of uh, Matt Amendola, who was forced into action. So uh, whether they have someone to kick balls and whether their special teams lets them down is going to be a big part of that one as well. Chiefs Bucks, Chiefs minus one in that one. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Bundle today at Progressive.com. So we've got those games. We'll make our picks in those a little bit later. But coming up, we've got a college weekend of games to get into. We'll get you set for all the matchups you need to know about. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM, Channel 80. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. At Spain and Fitz, at Sarah Spain, at Jason Fitz. We're already getting some spectacular answers to mm -hmm. uh, the near-miss historical moments. We will uh, recap some of those as the night goes on in honor of Frankie Lasagna, who we now know is actually named Frankie Lasagna, yet doesn't like the food. I don't Has know. A, owns a restaurant and doesn't like lasagna, the like, things you learn. What kind of restaurant does he own? I, I have so many questions. I have to assume Italian. I'm not going to a no, Japanese Frankie, restaurant owned by Frankie Lasagna. He owns like a, a hole-in-the-wall Mexican place named Dos Margaritas. You know, <laughs> like I can, I can feel this all the way to my bones. All right, ESPN college football writer Bill Connolly joins us now to get his insights on some of what we can expect over the course of the weekend. Bill, always appreciates your time, my friend. Thanks for hanging out with us. A lot of conversation about NC State Clemson number 10 versus number 5. Clemson hasn't looked particularly good at times offensively. Uh, how are they going to manage offensive production against a good NC State defense? Yeah, this is going to be really interesting. I guess the weather is going to be okay. That's been kind of the first question all week because you can't run on either one of these teams. And so it's going to, it's, it's probably going to have to be whoever passes better. And, you know, until, until last week against Wake Forest, you assume that's not really a battle that <laughs> DJ uh, Uyunglele is going to win all that often, but he looks spectacular. And so uh, Devin Leary hasn't actually looked all that good either so far this year. So it's going to be, I don't know. It, it's, I assume I'm just going to lean on the home team because, you know, that's, that's the easiest way to go about it. But um, it's, it's really, really interesting. I don't know who's going to be able to pass better than the other. You mentioned Uyunglele. To what do you attribute his turnaround? 
Well, I think, I mean, number one, having a, a really strong run game to lean on, and it seems like just a better line, uh, you know, we'll start with the basics. But um, there's no, I mean, he was poised uh, on, on Saturday. Uh, he was not facing nearly as much pressure, and that helped, but he was still, um, you know, who is it, Bo Collins, Joseph, Joe Nada, a bunch of guys have stepped up over the course of season so far and it just kind of seems like everybody's a little better and, and that's what you hope for everybody's just a lot more experienced uh lineup than it was last year and you hope that continuity starts to kick in a little bit and i think it's just been a little bit of improvement from pretty much everybody in the lineup yeah i by the way i, I would just say my my man crush on wake forest quarterback sam hartman like he's just a delight <laughs> to watch he was also great in that game uh, we're talking to bill Connolly. let's go over to the sec you got number seven kentucky number 14 ole miss Will Levis has become this big talking point as possibly the top quarterback overall taken in the NFL draft. What's a realistic expectation for him and his development right now? Yeah, it's been really interesting because at Penn State, you know, that 2020 season, he's, uh, you know, they're starting really slowly. Um, Sean Clifford's hurt. He's playing against, I think, Nebraska and, and then parts of a couple other games. It was kind of like, you know, you could tell he had a strong arm, but he had run first instincts, and when he had to make a pass, when they were, you know, third and eight or something, didn't do a very good job of it. That's the thing he's best at at Kentucky so far. Like, they've been falling behind schedule all year because of the uh, because of a really shaky run game, and he's getting uh, sacked a whole bunch, but if he gets the pass off, they're moving the chain. They're, they're one of the best passing downs offenses in the country. I think that speaks volumes. I, I was shocked that he's developed as much as he has uh, in his time in Lexington, but I, I think it's for real. I think he's, uh, because of the high leverage situations he's been in t- in terms of down a distance, I think he's proven himself massively. ESPN college football writer Bill Connolly is with us. You can follow him at ESPN underscore Bill C. Since 2008, Iowa 5-1 and one against top five teams at home. <laughs> what needs to go right for them to hand that L to the number four Michigan Wolverines on Saturday? I mean, it's all turnovers, right? Like, that's just, you know, it's, it's a very, very intense and loud environment. And um, they're, they still have one of the – this might be their best defense that they've had or one of at the very least. And it's just what they do. They stop the run. They make you one-dimensional. Uh, and then they bait your quarterback into mistakes and they pick you off. It was funny. I thought they had like 17 points against, against Rutgers at one point last week. And I joked to myself, I must have had a couple of return touchdowns. And they did because that's how they <laughs> score and that's how they, they beat these teams. Is they just they force mistakes in a hostile environment. So we are definitely going to learn a lot about J.J. McCarthy um, just in terms of his poise. We know they can, you know, they, they pushed Iowa around pretty big in the Big Ten Championship last year, but this is one of the more unique and special environments in college football, and he's going to have to pass that test. So, Bill, sometimes when teams struggle, we turn it into, look at this gritty win uh, but I can't decide if USC is any good. Like USC's blown some teams out, then they get a air quotes gritty win. Are they any good? I last week just blurred that picture completely <laughs> because I thought I knew what the situation was. They had a very good offense, but their fatal flaw was that they weren't going to be able to protect Caleb Williams at some point, and the other team was going to run all over them because they can't stop the run. And then last week they hold a pretty solid. Uh, Oregon State offense to kind of the bare minimum in terms of points and yards, and they gut out a win, or they have to gut out a win anyway because their offense stinks. So now, now I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm going to lean on my previous impression, which is that they, the run defense is still going to be an issue moving forward. Arizona State does run the ball pretty well. That's really all they have to offer in this matchup, I think. But it will be kind of interesting to see if they could just start making plays and getting off the field quicker on defense. That's been my biggest thing. They've been 
so reliant on turnovers on defense, and that's just not a sustainable thing. But I mean, there, there's there's talent. There's obviously talent, especially on offense, and they're going to win at least most of their games this year because of it. Spain and Fitz, we're talking to Bill Connolly about the weekend's college football games. What team has surprised you the most, either good or bad, so far this season? Um. Well, I think at this point, what's been kind of interesting is everybody's looked bad at least once. Um, it was kind of heartening almost to see Georgia looking mortal last week. So that's been <laughs> that's been good to see. But I think one of the teams that's, uh, that kind of sneaked up on me when I was looking through my numbers this past week is LSU. LSU is up to 12th in my FP Plus rankings. I think they're in the single digits in FPI. Um, you know, we we saw them kind of bumble away a couple chances against Florida State to start the season, and obviously. You know, you're only going to learn so much against Southern and New Mexico, but they handled Southern and New Mexico like they were supposed to, and they kind of handled Mississippi State easier than expected, too. So they've gotten better more quickly than I really anticipated. And, you know, in the SEC West, it's one test after another, so we'll see if they can keep it up. But I've been impressed with what I've seen since the Florida State game. You you mentioned the SEC. I'll go to the east side of it, even though uh, they don't play this weekend. It was a big win for Tennessee. How do you yeah. sort of put the like? Where what are your thoughts on the Vols right now? Yeah, I mean Josh Heupel. We kind of know what to expect from a Josh Heupel offense, where you know if they have any, if they have a couple advantages, they're going to score seventy points because they move so quickly and they they exploit those matchups so well. But then against Alabama, Georgia, tougher teams. They're going to go fall into ruts, and, and the game's going to sneak away from them a little bit. And I think so far this year, you know, we've seen them destroy two MAC teams as they were supposed to, like a combined one twenty-two to sixteen. But they've figured out how to gut out other wins against teams with with pretty similar talent levels. And I think that's important. I mean, beating you know Pitt and Florida, neither of them are probably top ten or fifteen caliber teams. Uh, but figuring out how to win those games can only help them moving forward. I mean, obviously the stretch here at LSU after this bye week, then Alabama, and then you know, Kentucky and Georgia later on, uh, it's, it's a lot. And, but I think I, I've been impressed with them kind of gutting things out in the way we were just laughing about USC doing it. I, and I think it's a good sign that they're at least like a top 15 team or so. Mel Tucker says he knows what's wrong and he has a plan <laughs> to fix it. Do you believe him? And what is your message to people looking at that contract and not feeling too good right now? Yeah, I mean, the contract really was like, wait till a second good year at least. And I realized right. it was like sending a message We're we're serious about this program. We're going to, we're investing and all that. That's fine. But he had one good year and, and it was a year where they won a ton of close games where, you know, that, that was my main thing. I, I thought they were going to be good this year. They haven't really lived up to that yet. Um, but they were still going to – it was just going to be a kind of an eight and four type of season because their luck was going to kind of regress to the mean. And that's that's a lot of money to pay for, for somebody who's had just a little bit of success. So we'll see. I mean, I, I mean, it's a lot of money. So, he's, he's he, you know, it's not like he's under threat right now or anything. Uh, but this is a big game against Maryland this weekend. They just – I mean, what's wrong right now is just about everything. They're dreadfully inefficient on defense. They're not making any big plays on offense. The, you know, the new transfers haven't really clicked all that well. Uh, so it's a lot to fix and uh, a lot of money to pay him to fix it, I guess. Yeah, live and die by the transfer portal. And by the way, Kenneth Walker the third absolutely saved that team so much last year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bill, great stuff from you as always, my friend. Follow him on Twitter at ESPN underscore Bill C. Bill Connolly, check out his writing on ESPN.com. We appreciate your insights. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. We want to make sure uh, we let everybody know you can help people affected by Hurricane Ian. Donate at redcross.org slash ESPN. 
to help the Red Cross prepare for, respond to, and help people recover from this disaster. Again, it's redcross.org slash ESPN. If you can help, every dollar makes a difference. In the meantime, it's only two to four weeks to get it only took four I don't know what it says. It only yeah, okay, it's written wrong. Yeah, ha, Devin, for once I'm not an idiot. Yeah, I am. I'm still an idiot. You know what? You're gonna hear from Bill Belichick. He's not an idiot, and he had plenty to say over and over and over again. Next, Spain and Fitz on the ESPN radio. Spain and Fitz the podcast. I like this song. Yeah, it's really setting a vibe. What is this? This, you know. I don't know. It's just making Sounds me... like the intro to the ladies, man. I would offer you a ride, but my car does not exist. Apparently it's still a G thing. Okay. I can wow. kind of hear it, but like at no, the same time, yeah. I can't. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is like the ESPN version of it, like where it like they got be, the yeah. licensing, like the license free version. It's like, sounds a lot like it, but I don't know. Listen, as soon as I hit it, I was a little confused myself. No, so. that's, it's Pain and Fits, by the way, on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. She's Sarah Spain. I'm Jason Fitz. You will hear from the great Bill Belichick, said with all the sass you could possibly imagine in just a minute. <laughs> but first, Sarah, want to get before we move back to the NFL, let's get some thoughts on a couple of the big matchups coming this weekend in college football, starting with a little SEC action. Number seven, Kentucky at number 14, Ole Miss. All right, Sarah, this this game is actually, I think, huge because the first part of what we just heard is number seven, Kentucky. And that feels so weird to say out loud, especially if you're still used to the concept that Kentucky is just a football school. But the fact is, Kentucky has put together a really good Mm -hmm. football team with one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And they are a seven-point dog to Ole Miss, even though they're number seven in the country. So kind of interesting that Ole Miss gets a ton of love because everybody respects Lane Kiffin so much and because, frankly, Ole Miss's defense has played really well at times this year. But this is the ultimate prove-it game for a Kentucky program that intends to be contending in the SEC East, at least for the the position of second-best team behind Georgia. I think this is a big, big, big statement opportunity for Kentucky. Yeah, and if you think Georgia and Alabama are already 1-2 and they're really just competing for three, that's still a big thing to be looking at this early in the season, right? I mean, they're going to get to 5-0, and whoever wins, and have a good schedule over the next couple of weeks. So you you might be sliding yourself right into that number three spot and putting yourself in a really good position with a, a couple of easier games coming up. And every single week, we are only going to get more and more and more hype around Will Levis, the uh, Quarterback, he's actually from Connecticut and then played at Penn State, transferred for Penn State because they couldn't he couldn't find his way on the field because, you know, Sean Clifford's been there for 87 years as the quarterback. And so he comes down to Kentucky. That's not an actual fact. You can Google it. But he comes down to Kentucky and has a lot of success throwing the football. The question is just in this moment, can Lane Kiffin dial up something really creative? I think he's going to have to. I think Kentucky, I'm, I'm a little surprised that they're a seven-point dog. I definitely think they cover. I wouldn't be surprised to see them win that football game. Another let game. Me, wait, oh, let ahead. me also just quickly point out that Eliza Peters, who is the person who started my Hear the Cheers charity with me, will be honored as the Ole Miss homecoming queen at that game against Kentucky, who I started mentoring when she was in sixth grade, and now she is a darn senior at Ole Miss and is homecoming queen. Also, donate to hear the cheers. You can Google it and find it and then donate to it. Also, what 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 am I doing now? I picked against something that, I like, know. like this, this, you oh, got to You're going to try to break Eliza's heart when she's waving and wearing a crown and such. I feel like this, this is a real indication, though, that now that we know that we both, like, you have a vested interest in yeah. this, 
you've got to feel even better because I made the pick. I really which do. Means it, it I really do. I feel great about it. Not going to go their way. By the way, quick uh, fun fact for everybody that bets in the game. Uh, the Rebels uh, running defense holding teams to under 95 yards per game below their season average. So, you know, bet the under when it comes to any of these guys actually having big offensive games. Another game that we talked about earlier that's huge this weekend is this one. Number 10, NC State, and number 5, Clemson. And this is sort of interesting to me, Sarah, because Bill Connolly just referenced the fact that, you know, there was a, it was a big game for DJ Uyunglele. It was a big fourth quarter. It was a little like when Tua Tungvaloa went off in the fourth quarter against the Ravens and saw, suddenly you saw the team a lot differently. That's kind of how it felt when it came down to the way they played in that game. I was a little surprised to see that explosiveness from DJ Uyunglele, but now he'll have to do it against an NC State team that has a really good defense. So I think this is one of the more interesting matchups, not just because it's number 10 and number 5, but because the, the door's been left open. Wake Forest had an opportunity to beat Clemson. Couldn't get it done. NC State has the opportunity to go in and beat Clemson. Like, you've got to win these games if the ACC wants anyone else to eventually represent the conference at the highest level consistently, not just for one year. Yeah, that is tough, though. Clemson's won 36 straight at home. Yeah, that longest streak in the country. Tough ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know this. This is all about turnovers. It's all about the basics, right? It's all about which team can fundamentally be better. But at the end of the day, NC State was expected when we came into the season to be great. This is their chance to prove that they can be. So uh, let's keep an eye on that one. The weather obviously will play a, a portion of that game too, which is why, frankly, if you don't already have a bet on it, I wouldn't put a bet yeah, on that's it. Dangerous. There's, too many variables on that. Uh, in the meantime, let's now go to the great uh, – oh, don't forget, tune in to College Football Action. Arkansas hosts Alabama, presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage begins at 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app on Saturday. In the meantime, I, I promised you Bill Belichick – I'm going to give you Bill <laughs> Belichick. He was asked about Mac Jones' injury to that ankle, and he gave us a very Belichickian response when he said this. Day by day, Phil. Day by day. That's the plan. Day by day. Does he have a high ankle sprain? Day by day. What do I look like? A doctor? An orthopedic surgeon? Like, I don't know. Talk to the medical experts. What are the medical experts on staff that do? Day by day. We'll evaluate him. Day I mean, what difference does it make to me? What do, you, do you think I'm going to read the MRI? Like, that's not my job. So, but it's theirs, and they they talk to you about it, right? Yeah, it's day by day. Oh my God! Uh, what would you prefer? Twelve day by days, which is what you got there, or twelve were on to Cincinnati's? I mean, I'd prefer one real answer. I like. <laughs> what do I look like? So A doctor is not the answer I would expect from someone who asks us to depend on him for everything else. Like, all of a sudden, your absconding responsibility after at every other turn saying everything comes down to me, it's basically all on me. I'm not even going to name an offensive coordinator. Look, there's a, there's a reason I'm not allowed in these press conferences. Uh, my my follow-up to, to Bill is like, so you want me to believe that your team doctor came in and said, hey, coach, day by day, 
And you didn't ask a follow-up question. You were just like, good to know. Thank you so much. Keep me updated. Let me know how that plays out. Like, am I, that, how stupid does Bill Belichick think we all are when it comes, like, these are real and honest and basic questions that should be asked by the people in the room. They're not doing their jobs poorly. In fact, they're doing their jobs well by asking the follow-ups. And he's just choosing not to answer them. And in a league where you have to put out injury reports to tell everybody what the status of your players are, it's not unfair to say, what does day-by-day mean? What procedures are being done? What treatment's being done? What's the outlook on it? Like, I just, man, the condescension I mean, I of Bill Belichick is, is just, I, Yeah, I agree. Like, I would like something in the middle. I don't really want Jerry Jones telling <laughs> us his idea that a surgery went better than scheduled and Dak's going to be back earlier. And I know the doctors say otherwise, but here's what I think. I don't really want that. But I do want a straightforward, hey, guys, I really don't have much information here. And what I do have, I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to let you know that for now we're going day by day. Yeah. And then when they follow up, like I said, you know, I don't think it's in our best interest to give you too much information here. Or, you know, it, we're, we're, there's so much wait and see here. It doesn't make any sense to speculate. But just repeating the same thing is, to your point, the same story from Bill, which is I don't respect you and your job. Like, so I'm going to be rude instead of just in unhelpful. I, I would argue that Vegas doesn't really respect the Patriots either. The Packers are now a nine-and-a-half-point favorite, a huge Ooh. number in an NFL game. And the over-under, how many points are they going to score combined, is 40-and-a-half, a very mm. low number. So Vegas is telling you that the Patriots are going to get beat and they're going to be throttled in a low-scoring game. Like, that's difficult. to. It's hard to lose by 10 I mean, in, in a low-scoring game. I mean, the offense and Brian Hoyer, oh, I can see it. That is going to be delightful in no possible ways. All right, we got Dolphins-Bengals Thursday night football coming up. We will get you set for it next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. 